Welcome to the Latin MedTech Leaders Podcast, a conversation with MedTech leaders who have succeeded or plan to succeed in Latin America. Please subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Pandora, or Deezer. Welcome to the Latin MedTech Leaders Podcast. Today, our guest is Chris Sedgwick. It's great to have you here today. Welcome to the show, Chris. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Awesome. So Chris Sedwick is the America's Trade Specialist at the Illinois Department of Commerce and Economic Opportunity Office of Trade and Investment. After a few years in the freight forwarding and customs brokerage business, Chris went on to a career in international sales for a variety of industrial manufacturing companies, including the medical gas sector and personal protection equipment industries. Chris is a licensed customs house broker and a qualified safety sales professional. He is fluent in Spanish and French and has a working knowledge of German and Portuguese. Chris received his bachelor's degree from the California State University, Northridge, and his MBA from the Thunderbird Graduate School of Global Management. So Chris, it's really an honor to meet you here and I look forward to our conversation today. So, Chris, let's get started talking about your uh, link to Latin America. How did you initially get involved in the region? Well, you know, I just started, I guess. Uh, most of my career has been, you know, international sales with different manufacturing companies. And the bulk of our businesses in most places seem to be with Latin America, especially when I was involved in the medical gas and respiratory care equipment business. So we did a lot of work in Latin America and the Caribbean in that area. So a lot of experience, a lot of traveling, been just about everywhere down there. It's been a lot of fun, actually. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you um, are familiar with the culture, you study French, right? That's your bachelor's degree and you speak Spanish. So that helps a lot, right? Yeah, sure. Down there, Spanish is very important. You need to have someone on your staff who speaks Spanish if you're going to be successful there. And you should always have a customer service person who's bilingual English and Spanish as well. Yes, that's really key. That's really key. So, Chris, let's talk about some generalities about the region and your thoughts on a couple of things here. First of all, I'd like to see what you think about Latin America from the political, economic, or epidemiological standpoint, um, what trends do you see happening in Latin America that are good for medical device or medical technology companies? Well, medical device is a great business to be in because, uh, you know, medical care is, is something that everyone's going to need. It's not really an up and down business. It's pretty steady. I mean, people get sick, people get injured, people need things. As these standards of living in a lot of these countries increases, the need for more and better medical care um, Equipment and services is increasingly important. So it's, it's just a great market to be in, now, especially in Latin America. I think it's helpful that Latin America, a lot of the countries are pretty much using U.S. norms for a lot of things. You don't find that problem so much as opposed to going over to Europe where you really need to get a lot of certifications and things. So from the point of view of an American exporter, it's a fairly easy market to get into as far as his regulatory things are concerned. Um, you know, on the lower end. I was in an area that probably isn't as specialized as uh, maybe some of your pharmaceutical or your drug or, or some of the other things that might need more requirements. But, uh, you know, normally U.S. norms are, are pretty much accepted in, in most places. Um, I sort of divide Latin America into two areas. 
there is sort of the Pacific facing the countries like Mexico, the Central American countries, you know, Peru, Colombia, Chile, that are probably more open to trade and they're easier to do businesses as, as opposed to the Mercosur countries, Brazil, Argentina, where they do have more of a protectionist tendency. The markets in the West Coast are much more open to trade, I think. Okay, I like that split. <laughs> I never heard that before, but I think it's accurate, very much accurate. Actually, now that you're talking about that, Chris, um, the Pacific Alliance is Mexico, Colombia, Peru, and Chile. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Those four, it's easy to do business with those countries. Exactly. And one of the reasons why it's easier to do business is because they are OECD countries. So Peru is actually in the process, but Mexico, Colombia, and Chile are already members, official members. So that helps a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Excellent, uh, Chris. Let's move on here. Let's um, talk about the overall perception of Latin America that uh, your clients or yourself have in terms of commercializing medical technology. I know you touched a little bit on that, but uh, can you get a little deeper in, in that answer? Well, yeah, it's not a hard one to get to. There's a lot of good ways to make connections down there. Um, and I think a lot of people maybe are not aware of the opportunities that are available to uh, to get help with the market. A lot of I'm right now working with a lot of small exporters. These are people that are the first time new to exporting. Maybe they don't know anything about Latin America. They don't know anything about, you know, bills of lading, getting ship, shipping things, getting paid. Um and for example, right now I'm working with the uh, Illinois uh, Department of Commerce and Economic Opportunity in their uh, in their trade and investment area, where I work with small exporters, and we walk them through the steps of, of getting out there and, and getting involved in exporting. And uh, there's a lot of resources that we have that can be of great help to uh, anyone who wants to get in for the first time. Very good. Let's talk about that. What type of Companies typically look at Latin America. Have you found like a pattern of companies that want to venture? Yeah, it's probably the first place people look. And I would say a lot of these people, they just sort of stumble into it. Maybe they do their regional trade. So you're in a medical business. You do a medical show in the United States and somebody from Mexico or Colombia or Peru stops by your stand and says hello or you get some inquiries on your thing and and the thing about that is people have started out that way and they, they've really not made any concerted effort to get involved but that just tells you right there that there's probably something you can tap into there so um that's a pretty it's a first step market for for people when you're thinking of getting out of the united states you know mexico is nearby we have the u.s canada and you know uh, USMCA, as we call it now. That's a good point, especially in the Trump area. Mexico was all over the news, especially at the beginning of the yeah. <laughs> its term. <laughs> it was. We had a real period of uncertainty there. Um, but what people like is certainty, and that was a period of uncertainty, and it's bad for business. Nobody knows what to do. I was you know, job hunting at a time right when this happened, and uh, all of a sudden, the companies I was working for well, we don't want to make any decisions in our international business now. Everything's just too iffy. It's too dangerous. We, we don't want to make an investment there. But once the USMCA was ratified, I think that, that was very helpful and that uh, that the trade does go on and, and uh, we have a much more stable environment now. Yes, that's true. All right. Um, what specific um, uh, help do you guys provide to U.S. exporters, specifically in the medical device area? 
Well, we do a lot of things, and we work with all sectors, but we do have we've done a lot of work with the medical devices. Thing we grow, we have what is known as the iStep program. All states have a, a program called the well, almost all states I would say probably have a, the Step program. Ours is the iStep, the Illinois Step State Export Promotion Program, where we work with small companies to get them into exporting. Our main things are Illinois, state of Illinois will do several group trade missions every year overseas, where we will have an Illinois pavilion, and we will take six to eight Illinois companies with us, and they'll get, you know, usually the 10 by 10 booth uh, on the Illinois pavilion. We will give them that booth free of charge. So they're in our pavilion, they've got a booth free of charge, and then we will actually uh, reimburse them for um, part of their travel, usually 50%, sometimes it could be more, sometimes it's less, but We'll reimburse for travel for, for two people to go down to the show. Plus, we're there to help, you know, holding hands. We're there on the booth helping you. We have a pre-show orientation thing. The companies are very well prepared. We're with them the whole way. We organize transportation, so the whole group will go to the trade show, and, and we can take care of any glitches. We can make sure your goods get down there, get on the stand, and everything's taken care of. Because, you know, for a company going on their own international trade show for the first time is going to be intimidating. And there's so many things that can go wrong. I don't know how many trade shows I've been to in, in, in Latin America where, you know, everyone has their booth and the show is going on and everyone's talking, doing business. And you see one booth, there's a couple guys just standing around looking frustrated, embarrassed because their stuff didn't get to the show. There's a lot that can go wrong. So the first time you do a show, it's great to do this, you know, with, with us or with the U.S. Department of Commerce will do, will do things like that as well. And, and it's very helpful. So that's the group trade mission. Like I say, afterwards you get a reimbursement. We expect you to give you, uh, you know, follow up with us. Um, you know, as far as we want reports, we have to come back and say, look what we got. We have to justify this to the governor. You know, we're spending all this money taking people to trade shows, so we we want to see some results. Now, in a lot of cases, you know, maybe we're not doing the show that you. There's a show you are interested in as a company, but we are not doing a pavilion at this show. We also have a provision for uh, individual foreign trade shows. For example, you know, talking about Latin America, you know, we sent people to Hospitalar in Brazil several times. In that case, we're giving you a, a partial reimbursement for some of your travel and hotel expenses. And we're also giving you some money for partial reimbursement for your booth expenses. That's if you want to do a show on your own. Plus, we have a lot of things we can also do. Um, we can arrange matchmaking. So we do a lot of matchmaking out there um, to help people, you know, connect with distributors and things. Uh, we, you know, if you're doing a show, we'll, we'll see what we can do for you before the show so maybe we can generate some interest so that you will be having people come to your booth, booth at, at, at the show. Other things we do, we do another thing as part of the iStep program. We can reimburse you for website localizations. Uh, and we have a lot of people doing that. We were doing up to $3,000 uh, reimbursement on website localizations. However, this year, because of COVID and our inability to travel, we still wanted to help people. So we decided we bumped that up to $6,000. Now, I, I've got, you know, some of my customers, they'll get quotes, roughly about $12,000 for a website localization, maybe for two markets. And uh, they're getting half of that money back from the state of Illinois. So... 
we do that. And we also have a program to give you reimbursement that say you have to get, well, not so much in, in Latin America, but, you know, for medical, like you need CE certification. We can give you a bit of a rebate on that as well. So we have a lot of programs. We're doing a lot of uh, webinars on different aspects of international trade and what's going on. Um, right now, as far as medical is concerned, I have uh, at least two clients who will be doing the female show in Miami. So that's a show that I tell people, if you're in the medical business and you want to make Latin American connections and Caribbean connections, that is by far the best show. I would say 60% of the visitors to that show are distributors up from Latin America and the Caribbean looking for um, new products, new distribution. That is by far, I think, the best show uh, for the Latin American market, especially as a first-timer. Plus, you're not really leaving the United States. You're going to Miami Beach. You know, you're kind of leaving the United States. It's, Miami is that sort of, I don't know what, what you call it. I like to say that uh, the United States starts at West Palm Beach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much the case, you know. In fact, you know, we're even we're taking a look at possibly doing the pavilion at that show uh, in, in 2020. So I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, how's the pandemic affected your help or your activities helping these companies? Well, it's really put a crimp in it, you know. Um, we do several shows overseas every year. We have an Illinois pavilion, and so we've done zero shows this year. You know, and then we have a lot of customers we send out on the individual trade missions who, again, uh, they have not been able to go. We've been improvising this year. You know, we've worked. Yeah, we do. A lot of, we've tried a lot of the virtual shows. And, you know, sometimes it, it, they've had mixed results. They've had mixed results. People are saying it's not the same. I mean, you go to a show and there's that interaction. People come to your booth. You're talking, you're chatting. You know, you end up going for a beer afterwards or a dinner or something, and there's that intangible kind of thing that you're not getting with these virtual shows. So, uh, you know, that's one area that I, there's a, I mean, you could do a lot of things on Zoom. You can do a lot of th things with the virtual platforms in certain aspects. Like if you want to do a webinar on something and demo a product or something, you know, that they're very useful tools, but there just is no substitution for the in-person trade show. Well, the... The issue here is finding distributors. I guess that's a, a key pain point for these companies. So trade shows facilitate that process. So in absence of trade shows, then virtual trade shows are not the same. So I would argue that these companies are having a really, really hard time creating finding distributors. So what are you doing now to help these companies with their matchmaking, with the finding distributors, et cetera, activities? We will do matchmaking, you know. No, we've done in-person matchmaking very often. Sometimes that's one of our trade missions. We take people to a country and we arrange matchmaking. We will contract with people on the ground, for example, maybe in Colombia. And we have some very good good people on the ground that know the local market. And they'll, so when you're going to go down, you're going to be getting some serious, uh, you know, we're not just trying to run up numbers. We want to make sure. We want to make sure that these people really are a good fit for, for what you're doing and where you're going. We do that. Of course, the uh, U.S. Department of Commerce does their um, gold key program, which is another way of it's an excellent way of meeting distributors. Yeah. At every embassy, they have an office and they help companies. And uh, do you think that companies really, really take advantage of these type of services? I mean, not only on Illinois, but the other states. No, I don't think so. 
No, no. You know, even before I, I got this job, you know, when I look back upon it, I think, wow, I could have really used some of this stuff. I could have really gotten some things through on the budget. People are saying, you know, we don't want to spend money or something. And all of a sudden they say, well, if we get a booth for free, you know, <laughs> they're good programs. And people are not as aware of them as, as they, they, they should be. What needs to be done for that to get better? Well, things like this podcast. For okay, instance. excellent. You know, that's, that's a thing, the podcast. We try to get the word out. We we really network with everyone who's involved in the international trade community here. And, you know, in Illinois and in the Chicago area here in particular, there's a lot of great organizations that are involved in, in trade, and uh, we work with them. Uh, you know, we're also working another angle that I really like working with is we like to work with the every industry has a trade organization. You know, every you know every medical sector has its little you know the association. And it is really good to team up with people in these associations. They've got their network and they also help people want to, you know, be focused towards towards their industry and see what resources are there. You know, I do that in other industries. So, uh, you know, they have their trade show. They'll have an event. A lot of these associations, they'll have a trade show in the United States, but they'll have some sort of events, you know, receptions or something geared towards international visitors and, and things and and. Those are always helpful, and it's always nice to go with them. And then a lot of these associations, they will team up with the U.S. Department of Commerce on international trade shows. So the U, maybe the U.S. will have a pavilion. Once again, it's an easy way for people who are nervous about doing an international show. To have, you have the help there. Maybe you have some language help, interpreters on the stand, and things like that that are very helpful for for people going out on these shows. Chris, uh, one benefit that we didn't talk about is product registration, you know, regulatory registration in case of medical devices. Is that something you guys subsidize or something? Well, like I say, you can get, that's one of our programs is uh, if you need some type of registration or something. We look at it on a case by case, but we have a program for that. If you need to get a certification or something, uh, you can get a rebate. So you have your list of vendors? And is it like a voucher or something? No, it's a, what it is is, for example, you need uh, if, I don't know, something like a CE certification. You'll go to a company who does that. Uh, you'll fill out an I-STEP application with us and for compliance, SSICs. Plus, you'll get a quote from the, uh, the vendor. Any vendor that you consider that is a good fit? Yeah, you get the vendor. We, we look at the quote. It comes into us for an approval. And if we approve it, then you go out and you do your thing and then you file a claim back with us to get your, your rebate. Interesting. Because uh, going back to the issue of more marketing, more companies need to know about all this. I'm just kind of uh, uh, surprised that more companies don't take advantage of this because this is fantastic. Yeah. So there's a lot of, the, a lot of the resources out there. You know, we also work closely with um, the small business development people. And they, a lot of the small business development corporations, they have international trade centers. There is about, for example, I think there are eight or nine of them here in, in Illinois. And this is sort of your first stop as a new exporter because they will help you put together an export plan. And they will walk you through the nuts and bolts of exporting, shipping, you know, getting paid, compliance issues. And it's a first stop. We like to, people come to us, we like to ask them first, do you have any experience with exporting? Do you have a plan? Um, well, if not, well, let, let us put you in touch with one of the small business development councils, international trade centers, 
and they will sit down with you and you work through an export plan. So there are just so many resources out there that can make uh, starting up for a new exporter a very easy thing. It can take away a lot of the headaches. Wow. And this is available in pretty much all states in the country. <laughs> I think most states have a program. I know we do, and, and it's free of, that is free of charge. So I wonder if, um, it's just an idea here, if you guys um, could match or could uh, interact with companies like Emergle, like uh, BioAccess, uh, companies of this sort, I mean, regulatory affair consultants or market access consultants, to let them know about this program so that they can tell their clients. That's a good idea. That's what we've been doing with a, a lot of things. For example, we talk to a lot of companies that do website localization, and we make them aware. We like to do that. That's a good idea. You know, you tell these people that this is a possibility. For exactly. You market to the vendors. So the vendors can tell companies. <laughs> yeah, I've been doing a lot, lot with like trade associations. You know, someone's trying to get someone to go to their show. You know, an Illinois company. I tell, you know, if, if they need that extra push, tell them they may be available for some, uh, you know, reimbursement from the state of Illinois. And that's all that that little push that sometimes a salesman needs to close the deal. Yeah. Yes, totally. Yeah, to close the deal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good, good. So. Let's go back to Latin America. We kind of uh, started talking about something else. So let's go kind of uh, country by country. Uh, what's your experience in Mexico? What's your experience in Brazil and Colombia? Tell me about uh, that. Please. Yeah, Mexico is a pretty pretty good market. It's a pretty easy market. It's different from other countries. And in a lot of countries, you maybe in Colombia or, or Costa Rica, or you'll have one distributor. Mexico is more you need regional distributors. You have a guy in Mexico City. You have a guy in Monterrey. You have a guy in Guadalajara. It's sort of... That's one of the few places where you really need more than one distributor to uh, to cover cover yeah. the country. 125 yeah. million people. I mean, of course, you need different cultures. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a big area. Maybe you have someone up in the border. Maybe you have someone down south in, in the Yucatan area. So it's it's a bigger country, and it's an area where probably you need more than one distributor. It's a pretty easy market in that uh, you know most of the time you're shipping to the border. You know, most of the time you're quoting uh, you know free carriage to Laredo or McAllen or something like that. And it's taken across by your, your Mexican customers. So it's, it's pretty easy. Uh. Yeah. It's good to you. You mentioned that because uh, I've had people in social circles and, or in business circles tell me, Oh, I'm looking for a distributor in Latin America. I'm like, wow. One distributor in Latin America, 30 something countries, 600 million people, like five different languages, uh, <laughs> 20, 100 different cultures within. The, the, I mean, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just, <laughs> here, one guy, it's, <laughs> you're the distributor. No, I mean, the distributor, what, what, what's the distributor doing for you? Then? I mean, you know, you do have a situation where you have a lot of guys in Miami. You know, you have your trading companies out of Miami. That, you know, for some people, they don't really want to get involved. They don't have that much business. They'll work with someone in Miami. You've got a big business down there and that maybe you've got some small distributors and they're buying from, you know, maybe 10 or, or, or 15 different U.S. manufacturers and they're consolidating in Miami and then a container gets shipped out from Miami to Panama or Costa Rica or Colombia. But there is that business. Um, you know, it's kind of a nice thing on the side because they catch some of the small markets. But if you're really interested, then you know, you really want to get your own distributors in each, each country. 
But they do cover that little niche, and there's little islands that need things and little places that, you know, they're not going to be big enough to bring in, uh, you know, a, a, a viable shipment of goods into their country. So they're consolidating with someone in, in, in Miami. So there's always going to be that little Miami niche to cover the small guy market. No wonder why Miami is the capital of Latin America. <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So people in Colombia actually meet for business in Miami. You fly in the morning and come back in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. It's, uh, you know, I guess that's why the, the Florida International Medical Exhibit is there, because it is indeed, it's the easiest place for people to all over Latin America to get everyone's almost everyone's within a, uh, you know, a nonstop flight of Miami to get there. You know, that's always been the, uh, the situation in a way it's kind of changing because Panama is now, you know, they're making themselves the axis of the Americas. And now you can get from Panama city to almost anywhere with the, you know, Copa, they've done an amazing job. It just always amazed me when I first started going down to uh, Panama in the early nineties You had, yeah, Tokuman Airport there. There was maybe like 20 flights a day. <laughs> you go in a day and there's like 20 flights an hour. And you could get anywhere for with Copa. You know, it's so, uh, but I guess it's the convention facilities. Um, you know, Miami still has the big convention center, which, which makes it easy for the show. It's neutral ground, too, I think. That's another thing. It's neutral ground. It's nobody's home turf. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that's Mexico. Uh, what yeah. about uh, Brazil? Brazil is another story. That is a tougher market to crack. You know, it's part of Mercosur. They have a lot of domestic industry. They have a huge medical industry down there. And it's, frankly, it's pretty protectionist. It's not an easy market. Uh, you get a lot of low price product down there that's, that's made locally. And, but, I mean, there's a lot of opportunity. If you're probably in maybe the higher end type of equipment and things, uh, there's a great market. And, you know, Hospitalar is probably the biggest show in, in that area. But like I say, that's more of a Mercosur kind of a show, I would say, as far as the bulk of the people are Brazilians. And, and that's, that's a show if you want to crack the Brazilian market would be the, uh, the Hospitalar. Good point. Good point. You know, I've never had that comment before. I think it's very clever. I mean, if you're in the higher end, you have a better opportunity in Brazil. Because Brazilians export to many countries around the world. They do. And they're, yeah. They're, yeah, they're doing some high-tech uh, medical equipment themselves. So you, you see, you'll notice, I mean, you go to the female show, there, there's always a huge Brazilian uh, contingent of companies there. And It's a pretty high-tech economy. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Yeah. Argentina used to be like that. Probably not anymore. <laughs> well, it's, you know, Argentina, it's a great place. but it's, it's a tough place as far as, you know, the economic volatility areas is probably one of the, uh, probably one of the most difficult things uh, I've had to deal with in my career in, in Latin America. You know, I've had situations where I remember back in the early 90s and I was just about to close a big deal with a guy in Mexico. He says, okay. I'm opening up the letter of credit. I'm going to the bank tomorrow to open up the letter of credit. The next day, the peso plunged. Uh, yeah, you, you get a lot of that with the, the currency things. You know, I, I always just I always had to laugh whenever we'd have a sales meeting at one of my companies I was working for. And the uh, the domestic sales guys were saying, "I don't know if these customers are going to take this three uh, percent price rise that we're, we're doing this year." My guy in Colombia's currency has dropped thirty percent. I've got to deal with that. You guys got it easy. Yeah, you guys got it easy. That's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, um, Argentina is going through that. It's very, very uh, unstable market. Beautiful country, beautiful people, uh, highly educated workforce. 
Yes, yes, wine, cheese, uh, beef. I mean, everything. Yes, it's a nice country. It's Nothing like a bife de chorizo in a Malbec. Bife de chorizo y vino. <laughs> it's a country full of Italians who speak Spanish. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So let's talk about my home country, Colombia. What do you think about it? Colombia is amazing. It is a country that has gone so far. I first started going down there in the early 90s, and it was marked by political instability, the guerrilla movement. Uh, Now they've got a lot of things to overcome. But over the last, uh, when I first went down there, you know, I'd go to Bogota, I'd go to Medellin, Cali. You know, you'd fly in, you'd fly out. You'd never drive very far outside of the city because it was dangerous. You know, last trip I was down a couple of years ago, I go down, and I fly down. I'm with my distributor in Bogota, and we're going to see some guy in Villa Vicencio. So uh, we, we drive that road out to Villa Vicencio, and it's no, no problem. It's all tranquil, and, and we're out there. We're doing business, and we stopped off for dinner in Villa Vicencio, and we take the same road back to Bogota at night. And I said, my God, you couldn't have done that. 20 years ago. Today, it's, you know, yeah, the economy is doing well. Uh, it's, it's a pretty thriving place. It's, it's probably one of the easier places to do business. Uh, they've got a good business ethic going there. And, and uh, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoy Colombia as far as. Uh, Very happy to hear that, Chris. Awesome. Thank you for that. <laughs> we may be doing a little trade mission to Colombia. Yeah, on. yeah. Fantastic. Uh, fantastic. Well, Chris, we're towards the end of the show. Let's talk a little bit about importation and corruption. I mean, do you have anything to share in terms of importation or shipping products to Latin America? Any any best practices? Uh, you know, it's it's just use a good freight forwarder. Okay, you know, this is another resource that, that people realize. If you have a question, ask your freight forwarder. Uh, they should be very knowledgeable on these things. They know the pitfalls. They're doing hundreds of shipments every day in these countries. They can help you coach you on, you know, how to prepare your documentation so there are no issues. Make sure your inco terms are correct. People have a lot of trouble with the concept of inco terms. It can save a lot of headaches if you, if you know all those. And but the freight forwarder is there to help you. That's their job, and they can suggest the best way to ship. Um, you know, whether it's container load or, or LCL or air or ocean and any kind of documentation that might be. If you have a good freight forwarder, it, it's it's a great resource and you know? you'll avoid any of the problems that, that come up as far as shipping is concerned. Very good. All right. What about corruption and bribery in the region? Do you have anything to share there? Okay. You know, I haven't really come across it. You know, it may be for the bigger kind of products. You know, I'm usually dealing with uh, distributors. In my fields, I guess the distributor has usually probably been a family company. You know, you get a lot of that down there. You know, father runs it and the son's there taking over and it's sort of a family business and, and you work with them and, uh, you know, so I don't really, you know, have to come across anyone asking me for a bribe or anything myself. You know, what I'm doing, maybe if you get into tenders or different things like that, it's it's a different animal and the government purchases. So. Yeah, I was going to say that government purchases. Yeah. Mm. But I mean, business is pretty straightforward and as far as uh, that is okay. concerned. Okay, excellent. Good to hear that. All right. So... Before we set up for today, Chris, do you have any final thoughts or morsels of wisdom or other musings for our listeners? Well, it's going to be an adventure. <laughs> I mean, what would you say to the CEO of a small medical device company if you had him in front of you right now about Latin America? <laughs> you got to have a sense of adventure when you're doing it. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah. 
Good advice. <laughs> you never know things. You, and you got to be ready to improvise and you got to be able to laugh it off at the end of the day. When Improvisation. Yes. Enjoy it. There's a lot of fun. There's a lot of good food and things to enjoy. If you like travel, it's a, it's a good way to go. And you, you learn a lot and you meet a lot of people. And it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Actually, I have a, a, a very short story to tell here. I have a client who has been to Colombia with me like uh, four times already. And right now he's in a state of mind where he's looking for any excuse, any business excuse, even if it's this minuscule, to travel to Colombia and spend a couple of days. It is really an <laughs> underrated country. You know? As far as tourism is concerned. You know? you know, it's funny because I, when I was going down there back in, in, in early 90s, you're going to Colombia? You know, isn't it dangerous? If I was subtract, talking to some attractive woman, well, yes, it is very dangerous, but... My middle name's Danger. <laughs> but it's, you know, when I, I remember the first time I came in, I was driving, I landed at the airport in Medellin. I'm, coming, I'm driving in through all those little hills and forests and come out. Wow, this is a beautiful city. It's a nice town, nice restaurants and friendly atmosphere. I mean, you know, all this is Bogota, Cali, you know, Cartagena is just a gem. This is the fun part of uh, the international business. Yeah, it's a fun part of it. <laughs> but it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It's worth it. It's, because the opportunity is huge. So it's worth risking it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, Chris, thank you so much. Uh, how can people, listeners, get in contact with you or your uh, organization? The Illinois Department of Commerce and Economic Opportunity, Office of Trade and Investment, and the American Trade Specialist. We have other trade specialists for the other regions as well. Um, I got my number 312-204-9480. That you reach me on the phone. And uh, chris.sedgwick at illinois.gov. C-H-R-I-S dot S-E-D-G-W-I-C-K at illinois.gov. And we have our website, uh, www.illinois.gov slash D-C-E-O. Our export, Illinois.gov will get you there, I think. All right, Chris. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of the afternoon. And um, I look forward to working together somehow in Latin America. Excellent. Very Bye. good. Thank you. Bye-bye.